Okay, see, here's what we got to find out now. We got to know him as Heinz Winkler. Now we got to find out, do we these days call him Pastor Heinz? Your honor, your fabulousness. What do we call you these days? Just Heinz, please. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> How are you doing, sir? I'm very well. How are you? I'm doing fine. I'm the stable one of us two. You Wonderful. know, it's you guys that go and stay down in the Cape Sunly, Somerset West. Although you have been there two years by now, isn't it? I mean, with the whole church and no. everything. Uh, we've been here for eight years, but uh, the church is yes, just over two years. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. So inform me now, because there's a huge jump from I'm an artist, I travel the country, mm. to investing permanently in people's lives, as in that's what you're talking about when you say I'm a pastor. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's been quite the, the journey. Um, it is a story that I can probably tell for a few hours um, but the the short version is that God started us as a family on a journey when we moved to the Cape and that was at the end of 2013 we felt um, through scripture prophetic word and just knowing God's voice that we had to make a move to to the Cape and then it became Somerset West and the moment we made that move it was like a whole new season opened up in our lives and you know I I was still quite naive i thought that when you're obedient you know everything will go really well yes um but but sometimes that is the case sometimes there's like a slipstream you step into with god and the things do happen supernaturally fast but in this case what happened was the wheels came off completely at first and it was a very difficult thing we so we moved to the cape at the beginning of 2014 then shortly after that, um, my record deal came to an end and I could renew automatically, but God said, don't, go independent. Eesh. And I was like, Whew, that's hectic because that's like saying no to a free bank loan to fund your album, you know. And uh, so, so I said, okay, Lord, I'm laying that down. And, and then shortly after that… Um, he, he led us to, to, to the place that he, the, the home that he, he gave us a word about a home that will be a safe haven for our family and a base of operations for our callings, which is a big house. And we were like, we don't know how that's going to happen because we didn't have the money. And moving to the cat and leaving your label doesn't help the money side of things. Situation. Uh, because my booking started to tank. I got less and less shows and I was like, Jesus, what's happening? You told us to do this and it's not going well. And because I was still connecting, being blessed with my finances are in a good place, you know. And uh, and so things started getting more difficult, more difficult. He says, through, through a series of events, that's the house. And that you're not going to buy a big house. You're going to buy a house and make it into the house that, you know, I showed you. And then he gave us a strategy, which was difficult to pull off, but it was pulled off. And then he provided in amazing ways where, you know, before I moved to the Cape, if you asked me, do you trust God? Do you fear God? Do you love God? I would say yes on all three. But all of that was tested in this time. And in, in, a, in a profound way, we lost everything. We, we were at a place where we were in this house that God gave us, but we couldn't afford to live in it. And we lost our medical aid. We, some months we were like, okay, we have to choose between electricity and food. Like that's where we were. People started bringing food to our house for a while. We were really at rock bottom. And I said to my wife one month when we again didn't know how to pay everything, I said, I'm sorry that I'm such a useless provider. And she looked me in the eye and she said, you're not. 
because you're not our provider. God is our provider. And something changed in me in that moment where I realized that I've, I had a wrong perception of what that is. And God came and healed a lot of stuff. And, and he worked on our character and he worked on so many things. Um, we started to know what it means to praise him in the storm, praise him during the storm, praise him for the storm, and to see how his hand would come into that. Um, so a lot of shaping, a lot of growing. And then in the middle of that storm, he said, okay, now you're going to go from contemporary Afrikaans pop music to contemporary Christian music. And I was like, what? <laughs> and that happened through a whole bunch of uh, prophetic words. Long story short, did that, started into going into ministry in 2016. And then I traveled a lot to churches and ministries, sharing my testimony of what we had just been through and how God has changed things around and how I was um, doing Christian music now. That started opening up opportunities of ministry. And soon after I started that, the first seed was planted by a pastor who I visited. I w went to Hope Church in George, Pastor Paul Van Collar. And after I did two services there and still had a third one the same day, he said to me, so when are you planting a church? And I said to him, ha, 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 what? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and we started talking and he said that he sees that on my life. And he almost started prophesying and, and just... And, and the seed was sown before the first time in my life. I never thought of it before as a possibility even. And, and that thing started growing. And I went, he invited me to a church planting conference. And there I heard something that changed my life. The guys who led the conference said, among many other things, they said, a life-giving church, that's the first time I heard that term, a life-giving church should be a place where lost people get saved, saved people get healed, healed people discover their God-given callings and then they are sent or encouraged into those callings. And all four of those people should feel welcome on a Sunday. And I was just blown away by that definition of what church should be. And something was stirring in me. And then 2019 came around and I was still working on getting my own traveling ministry going, which there we started talking about what should it look like. And the name Love Key came up as a as a ministry for families and we had our first experiment where i worked with a school and with a, a church a local church here in somerset west we teamed up and i said listen this is the vision we ministered to a family over a weekend we first minister individually and then collectively so friday night youth night saturday morning women's morning saturday evening men's evening sunday morning family service and we did that and the fruit of it was amazing. So we started to think, okay, we want to roll this out across the nation. And we started planning on doing that. And then bookings in the Christian scene started picking up for me. And 2020 was looking very good at the beginning of the year. And I even went to a massive conference in February just after Alana was born, our, our fourth uh, child, our, our only girl. She was born in the Feb 2020. And then we went to this amazing event in Joburg where I got a prophetic word from Sean Boltz that just blew my mind. And he was talking about, you know, I see a church in your future, which was by then a confirmation that I've been praying about, praying about, you know. And then just after that, so we thought 2020, year of plenty, it's going to be amazing. Laka, laka. <laughs> and, then, and then suddenly COVID, lockdown, everything stops. Everything's canceled. 
all the money stops. We've, we're like, what just happened? And so like everyone, we had to deal with that. And by God's grace, that's another testimony on its own. He provided in such a miraculous way um, so that we can get through that very difficult time. And when we got through that, God was working, working, working. Long story short, by like July of 2020, I went on a two-day retreat and I prayed. I said, okay, Lord, do you want me to start a church? If you want me to start a church, is it worth where I am or these other people that have approached me or is it a new thing? And God came and he answered all those questions. He said, yes, you have to plant a church. It's going to look like this. It's a new thing that I'm doing. He didn't give me a timeline. And the biggest struggle for me was I didn't have, uh, I didn't go to Bible school. I didn't go to seminary school. I don't have, you know, the right qualifications in human terms. And I was battling with this because um, who will take me seriously? And I just, every time I wanted to enter an online seminary school, the Holy Spirit would stop me and say, what are you doing? I said, well, I need a qualification. He's like, did I tell you to enter? <laughs> and I know that's not for everyone. That's not everyone's story. But for my story, my personal testimony, I felt God say, he gave me Acts 4, verse 5 and 6, I think. It says, the Jewish leaders perceived that Peter and John were untrained and unqualified men, but that they had been with Jesus. And he said to me, you've been with me, just go. And then I said to him, okay, Lord, I will show up and be obedient, but you have to bring the people. And, and then in October, 28th October, he told me to start a church on 22nd of November, which is less than a month after that. And, and I was still thinking it's going to be a couple of years. And, and I knew, I knew that I knew God said it has to start now in lockdown in Somerset West. And, and one of my questions was, Lord, there's so many churches in Somerset West. Are you sure? <laughs> and then he said to me, if every church in the Helderberg is full on a Sunday, is everyone in the Helderberg in a church? And I said, no, not by a long shot. He said, so there's work to be done. So I'm like, okay, good point. And, um, so we, we, I went to my church I was at and I spoke to the leaders and I said to them, I know this is abrupt and this is hectic. Luckily, I've been talking to them about the fact that I believe I have to plant a church. But this was still abrupt and sudden and they had concerns and we spoke about it. We prayed through it, but they blessed us and released us. So we left on a good footing with the church I was at and we started without advertising. We just let people know that already we're following us, our ministry. And we started in a very small space and uh, with about 40 people and God has been adding and adding. And we are now in our fourth venue since we started. And we, we have 190 members, official members, and we, we have about 200 people joining us on a Sunday and God is doing miraculous things. It's really, really something special. And uh, so, yeah, we are blessed, we are thankful, and very excited about the future. Always want to look at one of your photos. To me, you look mildly amused in all of your photos. And I'm wondering now that oh, you, really? yeah, now that you do the church thing, being a pastor isn't easy. I mean, it's very different no. from as an artist, you arrive, you do your thing, and you go. The people with all the problems yeah. stay behind. And now suddenly, yes. as a pastor. You can't run away. Now you're in this boots and all. Was this a challenge for you yes. as a person? It definitely was because it's a whole other mindset. 
Um, but what actually happened was, so way back when, just after Idols, uh, what changed my life was a pastor who discipled me. Um, he, and that's how I got into, back then, his people became every nation. And this pastor, God really worked through him to save my life, spiritually speaking. And he discipled me for quite a long time. And, um, and over the years, we can't say lost touch, but, you know, we, we moved on. And I didn't see him as often as I did because he was, you know, leading many churches and doing great things for the kingdom. But every now and again, we would touch base. And then, you know, during this whole lockdown thing and stuff, there was one day that he came to the, to the Cape and we had a, a breakfast together. And we were chatting and chatting. I was telling him about this idea that, you know, I think God wants me to have this traveling ministry to bless families. And he said to me something that that was also an important moment. He said to me, you can do that. You know, you can go and bless others and go home. And whatever what, whatever happened there, the leaders at that local church now have to follow up, deal with it, whatever. Or you can build something. And when he said that, I, something in me clicked and I realized that the 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 Christian leaders that I personally look up to, that I personally see as mentors, even if I don't know them, they all have a local church or a a ministry that's like a base for them. And then they go out and they are still a blessing to others, but they have a home where they are a blessing and they are building. And, and accountable. That, yes, exactly. And in that moment, I felt God say to me, you needed to hear that because I want you to build something. It's not easy uh, the, when it gets to people. People have problems. And now that if you are leading them, that becomes your problems. And, uh, you know, but we are so blessed to, to have had the, 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 the teachings, the discipleship that we've had. God has been preparing us in such an amazing way. And he's given us tools to deal with these things. And we are seeing people with real problems getting real breakthrough and becoming whole in Christ. Marriages being healed that were on the brink of collapsing. Um, children coming to Christ, getting healing from all kinds of stuff. Um, we've seen people who are suicidal who come to Christ and are healed. We've seen people who were struggling with sexual identity and realized who they are in Christ and got healing. We've, we've seen amazing things happening. So what I see in this church happening is I almost want to say the recipe that God gave me from the beginning. And as, what I see is as long as I stick to that, it's possible. And that is create an atmosphere of God's love and deliver the truth of his word without compromise in that atmosphere of love. And then people's lives will change. And that's been happening. So now I'm curious because your church definitely has a heart for family marriages specifically, but I found even in Christian circles, if you look at our statistics, we really, really do not look better than the world because as Christians, it seems like even though we've got the truth, we still just sink to self, you know, it's like we we don't want to die to self, we don't want to be lost, and and then the marriages still get to this place where whatever the reason is, then they end. So I want to ask you, you're saying now that marriages have been saved. So what do you do differently from any other pastor that actually gets a marriage where two people have already made the wrong decisions and are already at this place to now turn the whole boat to say, I will be obedient to the Lord first and the blessing will come. We definitely have a special mandate 
And uh, I almost want to say like a special authority in the spirit to, to deal with those things. And it's because, and God has just given us a passion for that. You know, the passion I have for marriages and families is so strong that when people say to me, oh, you, you, your church focuses on marriages and families. I'm like, well, what else should a church focus <laughs> <Duh>. on? <laughs> it's God, what did God do in the beginning? He created man and woman and said they must be married and then they had a family. Like that's God's design. Mm. You cannot think of church in any other way, in my opinion. But yes, we do have a passion for that. And God, so we always say that God designed marriage. He created marriage. So what I have found is that doing marriage God's way is the best way and the right way because he's the one who created marriage and it was his design. So what we try to help people understand is that you cannot do marriage the right way if you don't understand God's way of marriage. Now we're at a point where marriage is whatever people want it to be. But if you want a godly marriage, you have to understand what God's plan and parameters are for marriage. And if you look at the original design, he made man in his image and then he created woman from man. And then he said that a man shall leave his father and mother and become one flesh with his wife. And then they are created to procreate and have a family. That's God's plan. One man, one woman, that's marriage. Now, but when you look at that, how we design it, it was before the fall. And before the fall, what did we see? We saw two people that were in intimacy with God and then intimacy with each other. And what we see from that is that we need to understand that after the fall, all of that broke. The connection with God broke and then the connection between um, people broke because of that. So that both things have to be reconciled. And it starts with being born again. That's why Jesus came. Jesus came so that each person has the opportunity to receive him. In John 1, we read that for everyone who receives Christ will be born again and then earn the right to be called children of God. Then we step into that place where we have intimacy with our Father in heaven. And then our old self, our selfishness has died. We are now a new creation in Christ Jesus. And if we truly have done that, then we can start being a better marriage partner. Because if you are dead to self and alive in Christ, you will put God first, then your marriage, then your family, and then your calling. And you will understand God's order. Plus, you will selflessly love your partner. You will serve them and you will have unconditional love towards them because you will be channeling the love of God for your partner. So, and once people start to understand this, um, so we, most of our ministry is making sure people are born again and yes. that they understand what yeah. born again means. And then when you understand that, then we teach you about what God's idea of marriage is. And then we start seeing amazing results. It's not without challenges. It's not without hiccups. It's not without people, you know, backsliding. And, but once we once we show them the core and they they get it, then we have some place to work from. And it's always saying, okay, what does the word of God say? Doesn't it's not what Heinz says. It's, it doesn't. My opinion doesn't matter. It's what the word of God says. And if we can keep that as the the moral foundation, then it helps a lot. Well, we have to get to the music sometime. And obviously, you couldn't help it. Now you've got a whole church. How's that for cheap labor? You can now really get lots of people to sing with you when you want to make some music. <laughs> so you released No Boundary. That was released under Love Key yes. Music. And now the only God is the new one. 
Um, Daniel Ornelas, yes. yes, so he's never coming back to South Africa. I started off in Cape Town and now he's an American. Mm. And uh, I see he's the one who produced this new one. Tell me about the new song, The Only God. Yeah, The Only God is the song that, that, that I wrote um, on my own here in South Africa. It felt like a real download um, of just proclaiming that God is the, the living God we serve, His Son, Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit. It's the only God who is really alive, who really saves, who really leads us through this life. And so this song is a celebration of who God is, while at the same time saying who we are in Him. You know, So the, the, the verse is, you're the author of my story, the, the one who leads my path, and, and just talks about the attributes of this loving Father. And then in the bridge, we, we speak about um, Isaiah uh, 61 that Jesus read when he when he was in the synagogue saying this prophecy was fulfilled you know he's he's the one who heals the brokenhearted um, who set the captives free and and then we just proclaim he's the only God who lives the only God who saves and it's just a powerful declaration of our faith you know. Okay, so people want to connect with you still. Uh, I don't know if you now will be under yourself as a solo, as a name that everybody knows, or under Love Key Music. If we want to look and stay up to date with what you guys are doing, where do we find you? Well, it's my my personal uh, pages and stuff is still active. So Facebook, Instagram, uh, all that stuff. The the church. Love Key Music and the church, you, you, the best place to, to find all these things is our YouTube channel. So you can go to youtube.com forward slash Love Key Church or just search Love Key Church on YouTube and you'll find it. And you'll see there's our all our sermons are there from our live streams and then the music videos are there as well. The latest music video for The Only God is right up there. When you on the landing page when you get there, um, yeah. So that's a great place to go and to to see what's happening. 